Thanks for checking out this message from Radiant Life Church. Grab your Bible, a pad of paper, and a pen. Let's dive in. You know what's one of the privileges of being here with you guys is uh, we do have the two services, and what's awesome is like I get to worship with y'all, y'all. I mean, I get to worship both service. And I mean, it's amazing and, and how the spirit moves uh, throughout the services and to be a part of that. So church family, I'm so glad that you're here. I love worshiping with you and I love, we're now gonna continue to worship God through his word. But if you're a guest here today, my name is Brandon. I'm just one of the pastors here on staff and it's my honor and privilege to continue our teaching series called More, Practicing the Ways of Jesus. And so we've been looking at uh, the, the life of Jesus and uh, maybe rules of life or practices or spiritual disciplines that Jesus did. And those are things that we can do as followers of Christ um, to look more like him, to be more like Jesus. In fact, we've spent a significant amount of time talking about the secret place. And this is just between you and the Lord, this alone time with him. In fact, that chair kind of off to the side of the stage has been this representation of the secret place. And we've looked at it through a bunch of different lenses, and we're going to continue to do that today through the lens of silence and solitude. And all the extroverts are like, man, I wish I would have skipped this week. Uh, just out of curiosity, all the introverts, raise your hand about silence. I'm not going to make you raise your hands. But I would imagine that a lot of the introverts are like, man, I love silence and solitude. Like, this is great. And I, we're going to see plenty of examples of Jesus doing that. But before we kind of dive into the teaching here today, I kind of wanted to kind of prime the pump, so to speak, and just kind of look at this idea of silence, because maybe for some of you, that idea of silence is absolutely frightening, and I, I don't know what it's like to not have noise at any point in my life, in, a, in the times that I'm awake. And so I just want to play, I just, I scoured the entire interwebs, and I found, I found the video that I think will, will help set us up for the teaching here today. It is humorous, so please laugh during the video. I don't think you realize how crazy the world's quietest room really is. Apparently 30 minutes inside will drive you completely insane. That's what they're saying anyway. I don't believe that. I think that's baloney. I think that is a, a large pile of a meat-like substance. So I traveled all the way from Texas to Minnesota. Yeah, I'm committed to break the record for the longest time spent in the world's quietest room. 45 minutes. The creator of the world's quietest room is a man named Steve. Steve Orfield of Orfield Laboratories. I'm scared of this man for a number of reasons. Not only does he send two-word response emails, but also Orfield Laboratories literally sounds like the place a Demogorgon would be hiding in the next season of Stranger Things. Howdy! You didn't have to dress up for this. Steve seems to be making a funny joke because I'm literally just wearing a white t-shirt and black gym shorts. <laughs> but I can't let that slow me down because I've got a world record to break. But first, he's showing me the world's loudest room. It's like Crazy. So crazy. And now what you've all been waiting for, the quiet one. I feel like I have headphones on to my own voice. Yeah. That is so crazy. Ah! Ah! 
there's no place for sound to reflect in this room. There's no place in that room for sound not to reflect. For reference, a school cafeteria is roughly 100 decibels. A football game, 125 decibels. That's really loud. And the front row of a rock concert, 150 decibels and permanent hearing loss immediately. And the world's quietest room uh, must be so, so quiet. It's negative 9 decibels. Bye. World's quietest room. So, according to the internet, the world record is 41 minutes in this room. I'm gonna beat that. I guess it's not the world's quietest room if I keep making noise, so let the games begin. When the lights turned off, my hearing immediately improved. It felt like I was becoming some sort of off-brand Avenger because my only power is just being slightly above average at hearing things. It almost hurts to keep my eyes open. It's just so dark. My ears just started making noises. <laughs> what the heck? What you'll begin to experience right away is the sounds of your ears. When you're in super quiet, you begin to hear buzzes and whooshes. If I had to guess how long I've been in here, I would say six minutes. Frankly, I have no idea. What the freak? This is making me realize how nasty my body noises are. (laughs) The silence is loud. It's so weird to see nothing and hear nothing. At this point, my ears keep popping, I can hear my own heartbeat, and my chest feels tighter than a camel's butt in the middle of a sandstorm. At this point, I decided to stand up for some reason, which afterwards I found out was a terrible idea. The the whole secret here is to be very zen, to be still, to be relaxed, to sit in a comfortable chair. Wow. (laughs) Steve taught me that the way we get our balance is by seeing a horizon line and hearing our surroundings, so that explains why I almost fell over multiple times as I was trying to walk around in the room. I physically can't speak that loud right now. Not to be dramatic, but I think I just realized that because there's nothing around me to experience, I had the perspective that I am the experience. (laughs) I feel like my senses, other than hearing and sight, are now elevated, including taste, and I can just tell. My breath is kicking right now. We are... I have no idea. 12 minutes. Sense of touch. Elevated. Sense of smell. Elevated. Within about a half an hour, your body will start to sound louder. Okay. By a half an hour, you'll hear your heart easily. You'll hear your ears getting louder. You can hear the joints in your arms and legs. You know, Steve's got this stuff figured out. So far, I've heard all the things he's mentioned, but now I think I'm hearing blood flowing to my brain. And at this point, I could literally hear fluids in my joints moving. And this, this sounds really cool, but it looks like I'm just building the courage to confront my school bully. I'm gonna guess we're at 20, 2131. 
and around this time is when I actually passed out, became completely unconscious. They say if you lay on your left side, digestion actually occurs more efficiently, uh, and it does. Uh, 27 minutes is my guess. You see, Steve and I made a deal. If I somehow reach one hour, he's going to open the door and let me out. An hour? Yep. Oh my gosh, what? If I could describe the transformation of this, this room in one word, it would be peaceful. Peaceful indeed. And that's right, you're looking at the new world record holder for the longest time spent in the world's quietest room. At least that's what I thought until Steve told me that that record is like a myth and you could probably stay in that room forever if you wanted to. But that doesn't mean that that room did not transform me. <laughs> so I don't know that it's going to be quite that scary for you to practice silence and solitude. Uh, it could be, potentially. You know, I, I, you know for me personally... Um, the, the more that I've practiced this idea of silence and solitude, I actually, like, I crave it. It's almost something that I desire. And um, my hopes here today, and just in our teaching, is that it will inspire you to consider silence and solitude and to add that as a practice or, man, maybe even a rule of your life. But silence and solitude's purpose is to help us to see and to hear. We can have clarity when we begin to exercise silence and solitude. There's so many noises uh, that are in the world. And so what we're going to do is, um, what's hard about silence and solitude is they're kind of interwoven quite a bit, but they're also mixed with the other disciplines, ones that we've talked about and ones that we're going to continue to talk about. But I'm going to try to kind of break this up into two different conversations. And we're going to talk about this idea of silence first. And really, I think it just comes down to our speech and what words are coming out, or maybe we shouldn't have any speech, and maybe we should just be quiet. And uh, James wrote about the tongue. He gave all kinds of word pictures. That's the reason why uh, I love the book of James. Now, what I, I, which many of you during first service uh, let me know that I have the wrong scripture reference uh, on the next slide. So it's going to say James chapter one. It's actually James chapter three. Now, I'm actually encouraged by that because that means people actually got their Bibles open and were probably really confused. Like, it doesn't say that at all. So I want to encourage you to go to James chapter 3 and you'll be ahead of the punch from first service. And we're just going to read the first 12 verses of chapter 3. And this is what I love about James. He gives so many word pictures for us to understand. So he's going to talk about the tongue. James chapter 3 starting at verse 1. Not many should become teachers, my brothers, because you know that we will receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, in what he says, he is mature, able also to control the whole body. Now, if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we direct their whole bodies. First word picture. James continues. And consider ships, though very large and driven by fierce winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So too, though, the tongue is a small part of the body. 
It boasts great things. Consider how a small fire sets ablaze a large forest. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue, a world of unrighteousness, is placed among our members. It stains the whole body, sets the course of life on fire, and itself set on fire by hell. Every kind of animal, bird, reptile, and fish is tamed and has been tamed by humankind, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in God's likeness. Blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be this way. Does a spring pour out sweet and bitter water from the same spring? Can a fig tree produce olives, my brothers and sisters, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a saltwater spring yield fresh water. What type of words are coming on our mouth? Like we were, we were just in this beautiful time of worshiping the creator of the universe through song. But by Wednesday, that person who absolutely drives us nuts, what kind of words are we speaking to them because they were created in God's image? Or you, you turn on the news and it's that person you didn't vote for and they just say these stupid things all the time, but man, they were created in God's image. What kind of words come out of our mouth? Donald Whitney, who wrote the book Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life, uh, talked about this idea of just fasting from words. He puts it like this, how do the disciplines of silence and solitude help with Christ-like tongue control? On a long fast, you discover that some of the food you normally eat isn't really necessary. When you practice silence and solitude, you find that you don't need to say some things you previously thought necessary. In silence, we learn to rely more on God's control in matters where we would normally feel compelled to speak or to speak too much. I wrestle with that. Donald continues. He says, we find out that, we, that he is able to manage situations in which we once thought our input was indispensable. The skills of observation and listening are also sharpened in those who practice silence and solitude. When they do speak, there's more of a freshness and depth to their words. Man, what would it look like? You know, I, I was fortunate enough to go off-site uh, with the elders and some staff members uh, this past week. And in one of our conversations, someone brought up, uh, what if we didn't actually say anything unless Holy Spirit prompted what those words are? And I just, man, I wrestled with that because I, I like to talk a lot. <laughs> and, and so, man, it's like, what if I didn't say anything unless I had that prompting from Holy Spirit. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of wisdom. I mean, uh, in, in James's letter, there's that famous refrigerator verse that says, be slow to speak, uh, you know, be quick to listen and slow to speak. And I think that's an exercise that as followers of Jesus that, that we can do. And there's, there's great wisdom in that. In fact, in Proverbs chapter 17, verses 27, 28 say, the one who has knowledge restrains his words and 
one who keeps a cool head is a person of understanding. Even a fool is considered wise when he keeps silent, discerning, when he seals his lips. I think that's awesome. But I think the question that we all need to wrestle with is, what's flowing from your mouth? We can't have fresh water and salt water come out of the same fountain. We can't come on a Sunday morning and and praise our Heavenly Father and, and tear someone down or to gossip about someone else. And so maybe we need to do an exercise that is uncomfortable to us and that's actually sitting in silence. Now I wanna give you three very practical ways that you can begin to add this practice or this discipline. The first thing is literally first thing in the morning, just sit in silence before starting your day. And don't start where you uh, start <laughs> start with where you are, not where you want to be. It literally may only be one minute long. But for the coffee drinkers or the tea drinkers, maybe when you get up first thing in the morning, maybe you you pour that cup and you just sit at your dining room table. You don't turn on the radio. You don't check your phone. You don't check the email. You just sit in the silence and start with where you're at and then you can build to it. That's what I had to do. I had to start off with smaller chunks and now it builds into a lot of larger chunks and I I kind of pepper them out throughout the day. Here's another practical way that you can do that is drive without listening to something. Just turn the radio off. Uh, Put the phone down. Like, you don't have to talk on the phone. Like, during your commute. I mean, it's so often I only see one person in a vehicle. Like, we we don't need to turn the radio on. I have a friend who I love dearly. He sends me a podcast, like, every single day. It's like, dude, I can't can't listen to all these podcasts all the time. For me, personally, it's because I need to have space for silence and solitude. I would love to listen to all these different things. I know that they're good. I know God will use it. But for me... Like, I, I need to have that peace in my life. I loved in that video what that Steve guy said. If I could describe this room in one word, it would be peaceful. I mean, do you have turmoil in your life? Does it feel like the wheels are falling off the car in your life? Like, man, what about having peace in the midst of your situation and everything that you're going through? Maybe the exercise of silence and solitude would help bring that peace. And we'll talk about that towards the end of the message. Now, if you're like, man, I'm ready to cannonball into the waters of silence and solitude, I would encourage you to mark your calendar in the future at some point and do an entire day of fasting from speaking. <laughs> there's like a hush that went over the crowd like ah all day start off with where you're at not where you want to be uh, I'm totally blessed to be under Pastor Ryan's leadership and he gives us dog days and I've exercised this on a couple of my dog days dog days uh, D-A-W-G a day away with God and, and a lot of times what I'll do is I'll go somewhere else and I literally don't speak the entire day Maybe by the time the kids get out of school or whatever, then I'll re-engage. But what does it look like to set a date on your calendar, say once a month, where you're going to fast from speaking? I think what will happen is you'll come out of that fast realizing that you don't need to say everything that you you think that you need to say. 
And so maybe you start off with that morning ritual with your coffee or tea or whatever your morning routine is. But what if it could build up to something where once a month you fast an entire day and just sit in silence? All right, that's all I have to say about silence. I thought that was kind of funny, but maybe it wasn't. (laughs) Say about silence. I guess I'm trying too hard on that one. All right, let's move into solitude. I wanna look at four different examples of Jesus when it comes to this idea of solitude. These are examples you've probably heard or read before. So the first example there on the screen, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, what we do know about that particular story is that Jesus was gone for 40 days. But we really need to pay attention. He was led by the Spirit in this. The Spirit led him into this extended silence and solitude. Maybe, I'm not saying that Holy Spirit's gonna lead you into 40 days to go be tempted by the devil, but maybe the Holy Spirit is trying to lead you into this practice of silence and solitude. You can see the second example there. After dismissing the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Well into the night, he was there alone. Uh, Then the next one, uh, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he got up, went out, and made his way to a deserted place, and there he was praying. And then the last example, when it was day, he went out and made his way uh, to a deserted place. So what you can see is here, it doesn't matter the time of the day. Jesus often would go to silence and solitude. But for the introverts, like we clearly see that Jesus does engage people. We have lots of scripture talking about he, how he taught to people, how he would heal people, how he would free people from demons. Jesus did engage people, but he also did that from a place of silence and solitude. Jesus knew the importance of disciplining himself to have some time alone with the Father. And if we're going to model our life after the life of Jesus, then we should probably begin to incorporate these practices or these disciplines in our life. I think it's just obvious that we can see how he modeled this for us. The problem is we have so much noise that is coming into our life. I mean, what's convicting about this image is we can turn the TV on and we're on our phone all at the same time. Like we can't even pay attention to one screen, more or less two screens. And we just allow all this noise, all this distraction to come into our life. But then it's also the pace of our life. Our calendars are just full. We're running here. We're running there. The kids have this. We've got this meeting. We just have all these things that we have to do. And, and it's hard to carve out space for silence and solitude. I mean, we're supposed to go and engage the world. And we're going to see an example of this in, here in just a moment. We're supposed to engage the world but do we do it from a place of silence and solitude? In fact, Jesus, 
like he's all about empowering leaders. He's all about building up leadership. He, he had the disciples, the apostles. And in fact, he empowered them to go and to preach the good news, to go and, and teach about him. In fact, he even gifted them with the gifts of healing other people. And we pick up uh, this example of what Jesus did. After they come back from teaching and healing, we're going to pick up in Mark chapter 6. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, you guys are awesome. I wasn't sure it was even going to work out. Now that we know it will work, we should just keep going and work even harder at it. That's not what the scripture says, just to be clear. (laughs) Notice I, I didn't put the Bible translation on that one. Like Jesus didn't say that. This is what Jesus says. He says, come away by yourselves to a remote place and rest for a while. He didn't just say, come in, boys, high five, good job, awesome job. You know what? We're going to set up a tent over here, and we're going to keep going over here. He says, no, I know the pressures that are getting ready to come. Why don't we go over here and let's take a nap? Let's go rest for a while. Jesus understood that, and he also taught his disciples that. So here's this beautiful thing. God used the disciples, praise God, and how he did that, and he touched those people's lives, and they come back. I would imagine they're just super excited and ready for more, and Jesus is like, no, nah, let's pump the brakes here for a second. Let's just, let's just go away by ourselves for a little bit, and let's just rest for a while. So silence and solitude, it recreates us physically and spiritually. I mean, God does use us. God has used you to minister to other people. But we, we can only pour so much out and then our vessel is empty. We have to slow down enough in silence and solitude and allow the spirit of God to fill us up. So silence and solitude, it recreates us physically and spiritually. I wanna look at a, another example of Jesus here. And this is about making a decision. Are you faced with a big decision? Luke chapter six, verse 12, it says, during those days, he went out to the mountain to pray and spent all night in prayer to God. Then when daylight came, he summoned his disciples and he chose 12 of them whom he also named apostles. Jesus didn't just go out haphazardly to go pick his disciples. He got into silence and solitude. He went up on the mountain And he spent time with the father. Say, father, who's my posse? Who are the dudes that I'm going to invest in? Who are the guys that I'm going to empower to go and change the world? He spent time alone with the father. Donald Whitney, again, in his book, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian uh, Life, writes on this. God often makes his will clear to us in public. But there are times when he discloses it only in private. To discover it requires the discipline of silence and solitude. Maybe you've asked God for an answer in something, or you've presented this thing to to God, but you just keep going with your pace of life. Maybe you've never actually slowed down enough and sat in silence and solitude to be able to discern the will of God. Silence and solitude helps us to discern God's will. Do you know what God's will is for your life? Do you know the purpose for your life? Because God did create you on purpose for a purpose. 
maybe we just need to bring on the practice of silence and solitude. And it's in that environment, it's going to be in that space where we'll be able to hear the Spirit of God and we'll be able to discern God's will for our lives. Silence and solitude also absolutely brings peace. I've experienced this peace in my own life. And this is peace that can happen to believers. And as a believer, as someone who surrendered their life over to Jesus, I have this peace. Because I've surrendered my life over to him and his holy presence, his Holy Spirit has filled me. It doesn't mean that I haven't experienced difficult things. I feel like I've been pretty transparent on this stage that I've gone through the dark night. I, I, I struggle with depression but God is still good. He's still my king. I'm still standing on this uh, stage giving him all praise, honor, and glory. And so I can do that because of the peace that I have. The writer of Lamentations chapter 3, verse 25, it says, The Lord is good to those who wait for him, for those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him, to the person who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation from the Lord. And that is something that we can have in spite of the storms of life going around us. Now, as I was preparing for this message, I found this amazing quote from Charles Spurgeon, who actually taught on this passage, and I'm just going to grab a little snippet from that message about this particular passage. Charles Spurgeon said, I commend solitude to any of you who are seeking salvation first, that you may study well your case as in the sight of God. Few men truly know themselves as they really are. Most people have seen themselves in a looking glass, but there's another looking glass which gives true reflection into which few men look. To study one's life in the light of God's word and carefully to go over one's condition, examining both the inward and the outward sins and using all the tests which are given us in the scriptures would be a very healthy exercise, but how very few care to go through it. Before I came into relationship with Jesus, September 22nd, 2006, I was kind of in my normal rut on a Friday, Saturday evening of you work really hard, you earn a paycheck, you put a couple of bucks in the gas tank, and you buy a bunch of booze, you buy a bunch of drugs, and you party all weekend long. And, and that, was, that was my lifestyle, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And I was at my buddy's house, and we're just kind of doing the same old, same old thing. It was like a summer night. And I remember looking across this field, and I kind of like, like all my buddies were kind of over there, and I just kind of walked over, and I was just kind of leaning on my pickup truck and I remember just kind of staring out across this field and the moon was so bright like I could see the entire field and I remember looking up at the moon thinking is this all there is like is is this life like is it I just go to work Monday through Friday bust my tail and hit reset and do it all over again I just remember wrestling 
with that. And I remember it was almost like I had silence and solitude in this just brief moment in time. And I wish I could tell you like that was the night like I surrendered my life over to Jesus. It wasn't. And for whatever reason, preparing for this teaching, for this message, that memory is like burned into my brain. And I think to use that language for, from Charles Spurgeon, I think that was a moment where I began to see life through a different eyeglass. I think that was a moment where God was trying to break into my life and he began to stir something inside of me. And maybe you've had moments like that. Maybe you're not a follower of Jesus. Man, you can have that peace that I've been talking about. And I'm, I'm gonna do a prayer here in a little bit and I wanna help you in that. But I wanna be very clear. Like God does have more for you. He has so much more for you. But it's almost hard to present this gospel truth, this good news to you, because it's not easy following Jesus. Jesus says, we need to pick up our cross and to follow him. Meaning, we have to put to death our kingdom and our agenda, our wills. We have to put those things to death to follow him. And many people in this room have done that. And God has blessed that. I stand here as testimony of that. You know, everything with these practices, these disciplines, they're resistant to the devil, the world, and the flesh. I'm looking, I can kind of see on that back wall the thermostat. And some of you are like, yeah, it's too hot or it's too cold in here. But don't miss this point. What's outside right now is trying to resist what the thermostat is trying to do. Are you tracking with me? Does it, does it mean that you need to agree with the temperature that that thermostat is trying to hold? What's happening outside is trying to resist that. These practices, these disciplines, silence and solitude, it is resistant against the noise of the world. And maybe for someone here today who's not walking with Jesus, you've had little glimpses of that. There's been these moments waking up from a hangover or from an all-nighter or a few days and you're thinking, really, is this it? Or you haven't slept in days because of the emotional things that are happening in your brain, the trials and the tribulations that you're going through. You can have peace in that. And that peace, it can only come through a relationship with Jesus. And here's the thing, when we surrender when we surrender over to Jesus, here's one of the most beautiful gifts that we get. He sends his Holy Spirit into our life to dwell into us, to empower us, to help live a life that we couldn't achieve on our own. And so we can have the presence of God live inside of us. And so the band's gonna sing a song here 
talking about a fresh wind, talking about the spirit. And maybe you're like, man, I got nothing but stagnant air around me. I need a fresh wind to come into my life. Man, this is gonna be a great time for you. Maybe you've been walking with Jesus for a really long time, but there's something that was said here today. There was a song lyric, something that is stirring inside of you, and you just gotta give something over to God. During the song, please feel free to move. Uh, The prayer partners are gonna go to each side of the stage. But for that person, maybe there's only one person. I don't know, maybe there's no persons. I'm just trying to be obedient to the spirit laid on my heart. I'm gonna pray. If, and if you've never surrendered your life over to Jesus, I wanna encourage you to pray this prayer that I'm going to say right now. If you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, I'm gonna help guide you through a prayer right now. Father God, I need you. You've prompted my heart before and I didn't listen. I can't keep doing this on my own. I need you to come into my life. God, I am sorry for my sin and keeping you away. Jesus, would you come into my life and would you be my Savior? And Jesus, would you be my Lord where you make the decisions of my life? Would you give me your Holy Presence, your Holy Spirit, and help me to live a life for you? in your kingdom. Thanks for listening to this message from Radiant Life Church. To get to know us better, check out theradiantlife.church. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram.